This is exactly right. Said no gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We are, of course, in the backyard. What's going on? I, I mean, the one thing I can, can't stop thinking about is the leftover soup I have in the fridge. I am dying to eat it for dinner. I've been basically since I woke up this morning. I've been thinking about it, and I'm an hour, hour and a half away from reheating the soup. I'm so. <laughs> And I, this may, it might sound like I'm exaggerating. I'm, unfortunately, I'm not. This is something I've been looking forward to. So, uh, that's what I have at the other end of this podcast. We've got to get through it. The guest today, I adore. It's Emily Heller. Hello. Emily, welcome to I Said No Gifts. Oh my gosh. Thank you for having me. What kind of soup is it? <laughs> it's, uh, it's Tom Yum. The oh. Thai soup. Do you, are you familiar? I love Tom Yum. I, I think I've talked about it on this podcast before. I, I was trying to get a, you know, a wave going of people eating the soup. <laughs> I don't know that it had much of an impact. Soup is so divisive. Like, have you ever met someone who's just like, I don't eat soup in general? People have uh, take a real strong stance against it. It's very weird. But I will say, I have been re-watching Seinfeld very often. I mean, not very often, but, you know, occasionally when I'm high. <laughs> Because we just have been watching it before bed. And the, we watched the Soup Nazi episode and I was so high. And I was just like, all of that soup sounds so good. I would <laughs> kill for soup right now. So when you were talking about that, I was like, I totally get it. That needs no justification. <laughs> Thank you. I, have, I feel like I watched that episode high a week ago and I haven't had really good soup since then. So You're I feel like totally I, have, I have an itch that is still unscratched. What kind of soups is he serving in the episode? So there's a mulligatawny, there's a crab bisque, and... Oh, I know there's another one, but I, I can't remember. See, when you say crab bisque, something I've realized about soup for me personally recently is when seafood meets cream, I can't get into it. <laughs> a clam chowder, a crab bisque. Yeah. Uh, That's fair. And I don't eat seafood. Okay. I don't, oh, I don't sure. like it. And so, for some reason, it's all just theoretical crab bisque to me. It's all just, like, make-believe best-tasting. Like, right. there's no reality entering into how much I want to eat the soup. <laughs> right. I mean, soup is, a, in L.A., kind of hard to come, come by. Like, right. It's kind of an afterthought at every restaurant. I mean, I guess if you, like, if you wanted, like, a pho... There's, a, yes. Uh, Obviously, Tom Yum is wonderful. You can get that at Thai yeah, restaurants. Yeah, we've got some good ramen places. Yes. But it's like outside of that, we don't have, aside from like, yeah, so e ethnically specific soups. There's not like a soup restaurant. It's never really 
no no one's ever really like in a soup mood here. But there also isn't like because it's hot. That's why. That's because it's hot. Of but course. it's also we don't have like a big gazpacho culture either. Right. And then that would explain that. Yeah. I mean, think I'm not a gazpacho eater in any weather. <laughs> uh so I wouldn't be like hunting down the gazpacho uh buffet or what have you. But I could go for like a little soup chain. Well, we had soup plantation. We did have soup plantation, Oof. but they were they were DOA, right? <laughs> you can't call your restaurant soup plantation. No. <laughs> it's crazy it's, that that ever existed. It really sounds like a fake TV show restaurant. <laughs> yes. And for it lasted such a long time with a bad name and as far as I could tell questionable quality. So what was drawing people? What was drawing people in? I feel like people went there for the buffet. But I act, I, I'm really speaking out of my ass now because I don't know a single person who's ever eaten there. <laughs> <laughs> I do know one friend who had kind of an odd... Uh, he knew everything about the place. He knew when the deals were happening. To oh, wow. So he was alarming. just like on the mailing list and yes. actually opened the emails. He was the one person <laughs> that MailChimp was like, we're, we got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, never went, but I guess I'll never go. I think they're completely gone, aren't they? It really makes you think. <laughs> that there are some chain restaurants you should visit before it's too late. <laughs> oh, uh, absolutely. You, they could be gone before you know it, and you'll live with regret. What regret. do you think is the next one that's going to go down? Oh, what is the next one? I mean, it's wild to me that Sizzler's still around. I know, yeah. Sizzler does it shouldn't still be around. And they're over there in Atwater Village, I believe, or Glendale. Uh, you know what? That is the last restaurant I ate at before the pandemic. What? Really? <laughs> I ate there for a podcast and it was so <laughs> disgusting. And it was also, it was like, we knew COVID was happening. And I was like, this feels wronger than it even would have otherwise. <laughs> but I mean, that was a good last, I mean, because they could have gone away very easily. Yeah. And then you would have And then I would have. And you know what? Sizzler does hold like a special place in my heart. Because when I was a kid, for some reason, my parents took us there kind of a lot. Mm -hmm. I think it was the restaurant we went to the most often. And I remember just really picking out on those ham cubes from the salad bar. <laughs> I really loved those. We went to Sizzler all the time. Well, it was like a special occasion. I remember right. going for like a birthday, maybe in fifth grade. And they had like a taco bar, but there was no meat. And so I filled a taco with bacon bits which is one of okay, the most revolting yeah. <laughs> things I can possibly imagine. <laughs> Children are bad people. Children are bad people. They shouldn't have access to a buffet. No. I was at Sizzler when I watched a kid pick his nose and then reach his hand <sighs> into the like tray of chicken nuggets or something. And all of the gears in my mind started shifting where I was like, <laughs> I think everything that's at this kid's arm level, I shouldn't eat. <laughs> And that's everything the on my entire plate so far. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have like an area that you have to you access by a ladder. It's <laughs> no, all child. It's level. all child level. This, yeah, uh, that was a bad moment. I wish I hadn't. I hadn't seen your last trip to Sizzler. Like, what was your meal? What did that look like? God, what did I have? Oh man, I should remember this. I mean, this is why you should be journaling every day. 
I would remember otherwise. I just had like a bunch of random crap from the from the buffet. It wasn't good. I want I wanted to order one of the like meals. Yeah, because that's the weird thing about Sizzler. You kind of order a meal and then you get the salad bar with the meal. Yeah. I think I maybe ordered like a pasta or something and it was not I it was oh wait, no, I had a grilled cheese. Is this good? Is this good radio? This is excellent radio. (laughs) This is award winning radio. A grilled cheese. So that was like a menu item outside of the buffet. Yes. Yeah. Because I think I was still thinking about that kid picking his nose from when I was six years old. I have to imagine the grilled cheese was okay. If they if they made a bad grilled cheese, the the entire chain should be pushed into the ocean. It was fine. It wow. was like drenched in butter. Oh, like sure. Like top to bottom. Right. Just sort of like crystalline. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, like rock candy. The entire, all of the bread is like translucent from the butter. I'm not complaining about it, but it did turn it extra sort of like sharp. Okay. You know what right, I mean? Like right. fried and sharp and <laughs> somehow the cheese wasn't totally melted. So they did kind of <laughs> screw it up. That's what I'm saying. They should, they should go down. <laughs> it's crazy that they didn't during the pandemic. Like yeah. they, they kind of pivoted into a takeout business, which does not make any sense yeah, to me. Who is getting takeout from right. Sizzle? I mean, nothing nothing makes sense in this world. They <laughs> must have somehow just I think maybe because they've been around so long, very low overhead. Right. You know, they've they just know like how to do it. sub market rent mm-hmm. on the or they own. They may they have they've probably moved out of the leasing game. Yeah. All of those Sizzler restaurants are permanent Sizzler locations. What we really need is we need to get in touch with the COO. <laughs> I the CFO. weirdly have kind of a a knowledge of the well the former Sizzler COO, because I... You are always <laughs> dropping this name. Look at this. Look at this. I'm about to show Emily my desktop background. Let's see yes. Here. And all your emails. Yeah, I know. I've got all of my tabs open. How humiliating. I'm Xing out. I'm Xing out. I'm Xing out of outfit ideas. Oh, God. What have I done? Oh, your desktop look is at this very desktop. upsetting. I I'm just want... Look at this the listeners so need to know that it is just... You know, wall to wall, every single <laughs> square inch of that screen has a an icon or a folder on it. There is no unused it's, space. I don't know what's happened. <laughs> um, look at this. Oh, this wow. is the former COO. This is my desktop wallpaper of uh, Sizzler. And for legal wow. reasons, I, I, I'm not entirely he's sure he's standing in front of the soup. Yes, this is Kerry Cramp. Gary Cramp? Gary Cramp. Gary Cramp. And he, I can't remember why he's no longer the Sizzler COO, but this has been my desktop wallpaper since maybe 2013. Wow. I found this wall, I can't even remember what I was Googling, but I somehow came upon that wallpaper and it was like ultra HD. It's the like the highest <laughs> resolution image I had ever seen. You could like zoom in and see individual pores on Carrie's face. So I had to make it my uh, wallpaper and it hasn't changed since, but... That's why but I know. But you don't remember why you ended up on his LinkedIn? or God knows why I was looking up <laughs> You were trying to poach him for your restaurant? <laughs> for my new concept, my new salad bar concept. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I do know Splatter. a little. <laughs> 
I actually want to talk to you about two TV shows that you've uh, I've noticed you've been tweeting about oh, recently. Yeah. Okay. At first, I feel like first we should talk about Bake Off. Yeah, we should talk about Bake I've, Off. I'm a few behind. Okay. I've only just recently watched the Mexican episode. Okay, yeah. Which, that was a hate crime. Because <laughs> a lot of... We all know about the Mexican episode at this point. <laughs> right. They called guacamole glackimolo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I boy. Mean, I got to it after all of the, you know, the Oh, so you upset. were bracing yourself. I was bracing myself in the biggest possible way. Yeah. And it, I mean, there are some insane things that happen. But it's not as, it's not like... It's not what I expected. Right, yeah. I expected it to be like, oh, they're going to have to delete this. Um, <laughs> but I got to it and I was like, well, those tacos look horrible. Like, no one knows what yeah. a refried bean is in the UK. Yeah. Paul's pronunciation of a variety of words was bonkers. Yeah. And I want to say they kept saying a tray leche cake. Oh, yes. I'm instead of I'm a sure. tres leches. Yes. It was very, that was upsetting to me as someone who is currently doing Duolingo. <laughs> You're currently doing Duolingo? Yeah. I'm I'm trying. With yeah. Spanish? With Spanish. I'm trying to refresh. Did you take it in high school? I took it in middle school and high school. Okay. I dropped it senior year of high school because one day I didn't do the homework and I was like, I don't want to deal with the consequences of this. <laughs> so I am dropping Spanish. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. <laughs> and, but it's like I took it for long <laughs> enough that like I, I would still, when I had the opportunity to practice it, I would be surprised at how much I remembered. And I was like, and also my next door neighbors speak Spanish and I want to be able to speak to them more, right. you know? Because um, we've got a lot of, you know, shared issues. Sure, sure. <laughs> Being, living next door right. to each other. As neighbors. Uh, yeah. And um, I had been texting with my next door neighbor and she, and I know that she um, speaks Spanish much better than English. And I was like, I'll just try and text her in Spanish as much as I possibly can. And eventually I would just start like looking it up on Google Translate. Mm -hmm. But I, I would want to know the things that I was, you know, and... Then, um, like a month ago, the two of us were having a meeting with someone else. It's very complicated, but at, at a certain point, it came out that I had not been texting with her. I had been texting with her daughter, who is fully bilingual. <laughs> You're kidding me. <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah, that's not my number. That's my daughter's number. She, she just tells me the idiot. messages. I was like, oh, so I did not need to be texting in Spanish. She was like, no, you did not. But we were all very impressed. And I did not own up to the fact that I had been using Google Translate. Oh, interesting. So I am trying to make my lie tr a, a true. I'm trying well, to like a great backwards yes. make it so that I know enough Spanish to have texted that fluently. That's not a bad idea to trap yourself in like an <laughs> aspirational thing. Tell everyone that you're good at it and then have to do it. Yeah, just sign up to perform at Carnegie Hall <laughs> and then start taking piano lessons. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Does, does Duolingo feel like it's an effective teaching tool? I don't think so. And I honestly <laughs> think I just read an article that was like, Duolingo is not as good as some of the other ones. And I was like, well, oh, I'm, no. I'm, it gamified it enough where I'm like, well, I have a streak. I have a streak <laughs> going. <laughs> so I might do one of the other ones. But anyway, Bake Off. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I know. I, I, I'm like, I want to talk about Bake Off 10 seconds and I'm like, Duolingo, yes. let's <laughs> Duolingo, talk about it. Duolingo, let's talk about it. No, no Bake yeah. Off, Bake Off. So, we're currently like, I think I'm probably four behind at this point. Oh, wow. Well, Is so that right? There was the Mexican week and then there was the Halloween one right after that. Oh, I think. so that's it. So you're only, I'm yeah, good. you're only one one episode behind, okay. I think. And uh, Halloween, how was that? Halloween was a problem for me because, okay, so there were... <laughs> there was more offensive First of all, the there was no, there was no pumpkin. 
at any point in any of it. They didn't do any pumpkin act, you know, uh, challenges. Right, it, right. It was uh, signature was an apple cake. Okay. Because they're like, you know, you bob for apples on Halloween. No, 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 no. Barely. The last time someone bobbed for an apple was 1979. <laughs> and then like, this is, a, kids are drowning. Have you, did you ever do it when you were a kid? I feel like it was like at a church activity once. It is so unpleasant. Of course. You're, it's, it's, you're waterboarding yourself. Yes. It's like horrible. And no one's mouth is that big. No. And then you're just like, you're just, I mean, that's one of those things where it's like COVID has ended apple bobbing forever, oh probably. God. God, right? of course. Um, okay, and then, so then the the thing that really made me upset was the, um, the technical challenge was s'mores. And the s'mores that they presented were round. Like, they were like, you make a round marshma- marshmallow between two round digestive biscuits oh, no. with chocolate ganache. And Paul Whoa. Hollywood kept saying like, and it has to be neat as a pin. And it's like, no, that's... You eat s'mores with dirty, dirty fingers. That's, <laughs> that is canon. That is right. s'mores canon. You know it, like your hands are going to be filthy. Your hands are already filthy and they're going to be even dirtier after yes. you eat it. Yes, and you squish it down. Yes. That's the whole point. And you have to have way more graham cracker than the marshmallow because you push it down. But the way they did it was it was like a tall ass two inch marshmallow that went right to the edge of the cookie. So if you squeezed it down... It would have just exploded. Fall out all, yeah, yeah. Right. It was very upsetting. It's not recognizable as a <laughs> no. s'more to me. And also, s'mores are not for Halloween. Their, their like weird way of connecting it was they were like, a s'more, which you might eat sitting around a campfire telling scary <laughs> stories, which it was like a stretch and then a stretch. No. <laughs> and then the showstopper was, um, you ha- they had to make a hanging lantern dessert. Well, and they're like, that, like a jack-o'-lantern, but not a jack-o'-lantern. And why yeah. hanging? So, correct me if I'm wrong, but this the hanging ends up being, there's there are items that are part of the cake that are not... That are inedible, like hooks and stuff. Uh, this I is the that. show. This is why we've got to get rid of the showstopper around entirely. <laughs> because every time I'm like, most of that, it's not even edible. What are we, what are we doing? This is now a sculpture competition. But I do like when they're like, it's you have to make a cake with a bunch of different layers. And then I'm like, ooh, I'd eat that. <laughs> right. And they did one that I was like, I know this makes it sound like I smoke so much pot and I don't. <laughs> but I was like, I would definitely want to eat that. They had one that was like the, do you remember when they did the like, I forget what it's called. It's like a smorgantorten or whatever. It the was. the like savory sandwich The cake. savory sandwich yes. cake. Yes. yes, where it's just like cream cheese and like tomatoes and stuff and yes. just like a bunch of savory stuff. And I was like, I want that. I want that right now. And I know it probably does not taste as good as it looks. Those things were mortifying to me. <laughs> the idea of like, and every, they, they do this at least once a season where it's just like, here's a bunch of wet meat in between <laughs> uh, pastry. The British have, that's one thing that they get wrong every time. I mean, it's really remarkable that we are all enthralled by a show about British food. <laughs> and I think it is telling that the best winners of that show are like, you know, last year it was like an Italian guy. It's the always front runners who's... always have a thick non-British accent. Yes, it's not like a Scottish guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let me ask you this. Do you feel like the quality of bakers has been getting worse over the years or better? Like you think maybe they're running out of people? Yes. I absolutely. I re- or my memory has just like gotten too... Re- because I've now been watching it since 2016 probably. 
And I remember the Bakers being really good. You know what I think happens, though? I think by the end of the season, they're all better. And I think you oh. remember them when they're like done learning on the show. Right. And they really like to reward people for getting better on the show. I think what's going to happen is by the end of the season, all of those bakers are going to be better. Interesting. Yeah. I also, I do think that they're doing a little bit more stunt casting where they'll bring in somebody they're like, this person's pretty bad and they're probably <laughs> going to be bad the entire time. Don't you think? I feel like there are people like, you have no business being on a baking right. show. Those... It always stresses me out so hard. Mm -hmm. Do you remember Toby? He's my favorite contestant on any reality show ever. What did he do? So was he his... was on, he was the first person eliminated from like season six or something. And it was like, he just had the worst weekend of anyone in the tent ever, where it was like, he put salt instead of sugar in one of his bakes. Oh, and just boy. as the day went on, just more and more Band-Aids started appearing <laughs> on his fingers. <laughs> By the end, his hands were just covered. That sounds vaguely familiar to me. And that kind of disproves my theory, I guess. Season six, that's a yeah, long time ago. I mean, and he got eliminated right away. Oh. But it is, I do feel like we're in a weird mid-season lull where the challenges are harder than the bakers are up to. Right, but right. But I think, I think they're going to pull out of it. Do you have a pick of who's going to win? I don't know. So much changes in the last few mm -hmm. weeks. I'm never right about who's going to win. But... I do have, like, who I want to be in the final three. Oh. And I don't know if I should say. It's up to you. It's, I mean, that's obviously a very private piece of information. I, I want Shabira, Janusz, and Sandro. Okay. And I don't know anyone's name <laughs> on the show. I know there's the lady with pink hair. I know there's the lady who worked for Boris Johnson, uh -huh. which really was a letdown immediately. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I have to root against you for the entire season. <laughs> and I was so on board with her. I was like, this lady's going to be great. And then she yeah. gives that piece of information. It's like, oh, no. Yeah, no. It's like, oh, you aren't good at baking because you can't sleep at night? Is that why? <laughs> I mean, I try initially, I was like, maybe she was like kind of a reluctant civil servant that was kind of trapped in the system. But then eventually, They like, needed to tell us that. Right. If that was the case. Right. But they didn't, and so we have to assume the worst <laughs> because we're Americans. Yes. <laughs> we're not British. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I feel like uh, there's the uh, woman who is Malaysian who is, yes, I think... that's is, Shabira. I love her. I love her. She's so good. She's so good, but she's stumbled enough that I would believe her arc winning it. Right, right. They never... I feel like whenever there's a front runner, like, what was that? Jürgen? It was like Jurgen didn't win because he was just perfect out of the gate and just sure. did so well. And then when he started to stumble, it was like he came in overprepared, yeah. but didn't have, <laughs> didn't couldn't sustain it. He didn't it. grow on the right. show. They want they like a comeback. Mm -hmm. um, I think Shabira could go all the way because she also just has like yeah does such interesting stuff and is right. very charming. I love and her. then Janusz is the Polish guy. Oh, of course, I yes. love Janusz. Yeah, Janusz is great and he's doing very well and he's funny and. Um, I think, like, him and Matt Lucas have good banter. That's, like, the only time when I actually really like watching Matt Lucas on the show is when he's talking to Janusz. <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm, I'm, like, not having a good time with him this season. But, uh, and then Sandro is that, like, he's, I want to say he's, like, from Switzerland, and he's, like, tall, like, really muscly heartthrob, gay guy. The yeah, yeah, with the, like, shaved lines in his eyebrows. Yes. Yeah. I feel like I may have just learned that his last name is Farmhouse, but I could be wrong. <laughs> 
I'm going to look that, that up. That sounds really like something quick. you dreamed. <laughs> Remind me his first name. Sandro. Sandro. I'm Googling. I mean, the internet's working a little slow right now, but oh, immediately the first thing I put into Google was San, uh, Sandro Farmhouse and then it auto-populated with shirtless right after. So, <laughs> okay, I think. It must be. so that's definitely him. Sandro okay. Farmhouse. Yeah, his name yeah. is Sandro Farmhouse. All right. Sure. Go for it. Fine. Okay, Britain. <laughs> Did you ever watch Toast of London? I love I love Toast, Toast of, of London, London, but whenever something like I'm like, that's a Toast of London name. That's a complete- Sandro Farmhouse. <laughs> yes, of course. We stayed in a hotel in West Virginia a few months ago, and on the wall there was like, you know, like it was like a tennis, it was like a a big golf resort. And so there was like a thing down in the like one of the game rooms that was like uh the activities director and his name was josh beverage <laughs> and i was like that is the most the most toast of london name i've ever seen in the wild <laughs> i was going through my notes app recently and at some point in the past i had written down a character name that i really want to use at some point nordstrom brunette <laughs> <laughs> which I think is a perfect name. That's a very that's a very good name. Yeah. Um well okay so we've ta- I I mentioned okay. I want to talk about two TV shows. The yes. other one I'm so far behind at this point, Sister Wives. Oh, yes. I watched for a while kind of I, towards I the beginning. I dropped out for like 10 seasons or something. Right. Yes. But now it's been recently re-recommended to me where it's like you have to see what's going on. Because one of the wives is leaving. Yes, and they're filming the whole thing themselves or something. Oh, yeah. So it's very weird. So, okay, Sister Wives, if you don't know, is that TLC reality show that they came out with like as soon as the show Big Love came out on HBO <laughs> um, that was, it's about a polygamist and his three, then four wives. Mm-hmm. I think like season one, he was courting his fourth wife. Right. And it's they're in season 17 now. <laughs> and one of his wives is leaving him. But I think they filmed this season like a year ago because okay. that with COVID protocols and everything, like there's a bunch of scenes that they're just filming themselves on their phone. It's really weird. It's very weird. And it's also honestly pretty surprising. I think COVID is what ended that marriage. Because, and in a very surprising way, because obviously Cody Brown, who's the husband, who's like the biggest douche in the world. The scariest looking man alive. Scariest looking man with the most like upsetting attachment to his horrible hair. (laughs) And he is clearly like a very conservative, like ex-Mormon, but like, because the Mormons were too progressive for him. (laughs) And like... Very much full of shit, horrible man. But, like, he's the one in the family who's like, I do not want to get COVID. Isn't that bizarre? It's so weird. Have, so, have you been watching it? I'm, like, I've only watched, I think, the first episode of this new season. And it's weird. Okay, like, yeah. Do you think he's really cautious because he's also not vaccinated? I think he's vaccinated. The wow. way they talked about it is that, yeah, like, I think he's vaccinated. I think... He just had a weird moment of clarity about it. But it's also (laughs) weird because it's like, dude, you have 18 children at least or something. Like, I don't know how you're... But also, it seems like maybe... I do think that his wives who did not want to follow his protocols were like 
some of them were wrong and were probably taking risks that like right. they shouldn't. But I also think he was maybe using it as an excuse to spend more time at Robin's house because that's his that favorite makes perfect wife. Sense. And Robin is the newest wife. She's the newest right. wife. Yeah. And um, the one who's divorcing him is Christine. <laughs> and it's so weird because it's like, I just have, I've like completely forgot about this show for a really long time. And then I was like, I need to check in. <laughs> and here, the great thing about this show is you really can check in at any point. You'll never miss anything because if anything interesting happens, they will tell you about it in every episode over and over again before and after every commercial break. And they'll show you flashbacks to the other episode. Like there is no reason to, you do not need to be like a, a religious viewer of it. No. Like it is, they'll catch you up if Anything happens. Yes, one because thing happens like, a season. Thank God something <laughs> happened. We have to talk about this as much as humanly possible. Yes. Uh, but yeah, Christine left in part because like he wasn't spending time with her and her children, but also he told her <laughs> that he was never attracted to her <laughs> and that he was kind of talked into marrying her. Who and talked out him of into marrying her? Like the just other, other, wives? other people in the church. Oh. Like, because she was from like a good, you know, polygamist family. Right. And. <laughs> I'm really enjoying watching her leave him because it's the thing that you've been asking all of them to do this of entire course. time because he's not, he doesn't deserve four wives. And he's like the least <laughs> desirable person on earth. Yes. His face yeah. looks like he's just been standing in a wind tunnel for 10 years. It's so... Just beaten. You know what's fucked up though is they'll show like photos of him at their weddings mm -hmm. and I'm like, he was hot. There, he, he was? He was hot I don't he was believe in his it. 20s. I mean, it's like before he got the goatee. <laughs> but he was like a good-looking, blonde, football player-looking, wow. just like classic corn-fed American white guy. Right. And then just somehow he... Like, all of the ways in which he's bad-looking are just the things that he chose for his own head. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, none of it has to do with his natural gifts. It's all like, I picked the worst facial hair and the worst hairstyle, and I tan too much. <laughs> like, all of it is stuff that you can hold him directly responsible for. He just looks for. like a mask and wig at this point. <laughs> yes. It's so bizarre looking. Should I be him for Halloween? I don't have a costume yet. Oh, it'd be really upsetting. It would require it would require like a bald cap and a wig. <laughs> which is a strange. Yeah, combination. that's one of those things where it's like he in his confessionals always looks like he has more hair than he actually does because he refuses to be seen in profile in the confessionals. <laughs> and he like parts his hair in a very particular way. It's oh man. Yeah, he's I but I'm glad that you're watching it. I didn't I, think anyone else was watching it. I'm glad it. to have an excuse to watch it again. Oh, yeah. Like I'm back with Cody back. and the gang. Yeah. It's such a bummer because it's like, I would love to be rooting more for Christine leaving, but it's like her exit plan is just being in a bunch of MLMs and like, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it works if you're on TV and you can get like a million idiots in your downline, but like... <laughs> Oh, oh, it's really upsetting. The choices these people are making. Yeah, I'm like, you're making the right choice for the wrong reason. Where it's like, you're leaving Cody over COVID? <laughs> like, that's the thing? That was your line the in the sand? The one good choice he's made. <laughs> yeah, the one thing he did right in this entire marriage. <laughs>
Oh, okay. So we've got, uh, I'm so glad we were able to cover those two topics. And yeah, very important. I'm really happy to speak to you about both of them. Yeah, both beautiful things. Uh, unfortunately, I have to hit the brakes for something less pleasant. Oh, no. Emily, the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. Right. I was so excited for you to be here. I The last time I saw you, you were actually here in the backyard taking a donut home to Peter. That's true, yeah. Uh, Went over huge, by the way. Yeah, oh, good, good. <laughs> last time I was here, I had just left the house after eating dinner, and I had asked my husband what he wanted for dinner, and he jokingly <laughs> said, donuts. And then we ate something else, and then I came here, and there were donuts here, and I was like, I'm going to bring one of these home, <laughs> and it's going to be such a huge hit. <laughs> And it got a laugh. It was a good donut. Yeah, it was a Very good, donut. good donut. And he he didn't eat it that day. He ate it oh, the next day. Oh, but wow. he was like, but he did acknowledge it was a good bit. I was very dramatic in revealing it to him. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, that was a nice time in the backyard with you. I thought this was going to be a nice time. Uh, And then I see you come up the driveway holding a bag. Yeah. Um, I'm just going to call a spade a spade. This is a gift for me. Is it not? It, I want to dance around it, but I am really out of shape. (laughs) (laughs) It, It is a gift for you, but it's, it's not for today. It's oh, for a different, it's for, because it's for your birthday. It's oh. a belated birthday present. So this is unrelated to the podcast. Oh. I did not bring you a gift for the podcast. Oh my God. But it's a really bad coincidence that it wow, arrived. Horrible. That it arrived now. Your timing couldn't be worse. No, it really could not. I mean, it could have had you ejected from the show. Yeah. And you know what? I thought about that when I was driving here and I was like, but I have it now. <laughs> And I, I have to get it out of my car. <laughs> well, I'm it is sorry just my car that. is just packed to the wall to wall with other items and other <laughs> gifts that I'm delivering. You're in the middle of a move. <laughs> I'm doing a little bit. I'm in my Santa phase of adulthood <laughs> right now, where I just sort of traveling around delivering presents to people. <laughs> the tiny sleigh. I'm working on the outfit. I don't want to go classic red and white, but it feels like a lot of other motifs have already been claimed. So I'm open to suggestions. <laughs> okay. Well then, I mean, that's nice. It's uh unconventional. It's a nice surprise. Uh, it is for my birthday, which was it's, some time has passed since my birthday, which is unfortunate, but I'm happy to open it here on the podcast. I think that's a good idea. Okay, let's get into it. It's a rather tall bag. Yeah. I will admit that this is a gift bag that has been in my family for generations. (laughs) (laughs) This has been going in and out of my gift wrapping Tupperware for years. I support that fully. (laughs) Me and my husband just hand it to each other every few months. (laughs) I feel like if you get a decent, like, uh, quality gift bag, use it as long as possible. Yeah. Well, (laughs) there was a tradition in my family, but it was like... My grandmother got remarried when I was eight. And so I got like a new grandpa and he had a bunch of, you know, kids and grandkids and they had their own family traditions that we were brought in on. And one of them was that his um, late wife, who he was married to before my grandmother, had made this gift wrap box. So she had taken like like a wardrobe box 
and covered it, like she had upholstered it basically really? in wrapping. Like shellacked it? Well, no, it's like she had sewn a, like a, a cloth cover oh, on it okay, with like right. a ribbon and it became a game in their family that every year at Christmas, whoever got a gift in that box was the loser and had to hold on to the box for their next year. <laughs> and I really, I really like that. What a beautiful tradition. way to keep yeah. her memory alive. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. And I never met her. This is all I knew about her. Wow, that's fascinating. <laughs> that, that sort of thing sounds almost like a cursed box. Yeah. I like a, I like a family tradition where everyone just sort of points and laughs at someone <laughs> yes. every year. And then you have to hang on to it for an entire year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I love reusable wrap. Yeah. This I, one is maybe not going to be reusable much longer. I have noticed some holes it is in getting, it. But... Like, it probably could be ironed at this point. <laughs> it's a little wrinkly, but yes. it, it's a gift bag nonetheless. I'm going to yeah. reach in. Okay. Be, gen- be careful with... I'm going to pull one of the things out because it needs to remain in a certain position. But you can take the other thing out. Okay, take this out first. Yeah. Okay. Taking out. What? What is this? <laughs> so this, I, this is, is like such a foreign object. This to me. is d- easily the item I have gifted most because it is, in my opinion, dollar for dollar, the most valuable thing I've ever bought. It is the Carson Bug View. It is a one-handed <laughs> bug catcher and magnifier. So you know the concept of like putting a cup over a bug and then sliding a paper underneath it? Right. This does that, but with one hand. Oh, this is... And so, so how you, does hit, it work? you hold it and you it's got the a little thumb thing and you put it over the bug and then you slide your thumb with the same hand that's holding it. And then once it's trapped... You can look at it through the magnifying glass on the chamber, but then the best part about it is once it's trapped and you take it outside, it's also shaped like a lacrosse stick. So when you open it, you can get some really good air flinging them across the yard. How did you learn of this object? I saw it on a gift guide. Really? I was looking. I mean, so I'm an aunt and I um, I have no idea what children like. And so every year for birthdays and Christmas, I'm looking up gifts for X-year-old, mm-hmm. gifts for four-year-old, oh, gifts I for five-year-old. Well. And so this I saw on a on a list for like gifts for kids for Christmas. And I was like, I want that for me. This is fully for adults. And we use it all the time. What have you caught in yours? Just ev- any bug that's in the house. <laughs> like just, I mean, it's really exciting to use it on flies because that's... That's hunting. You're able to... How are you, you using have it on to a be, fly? You have to be so fast. I feel like I would you break the device. Them, you have to wait for them to land on the window. You have to wait for them to, to die. <laughs> I mean, spiders are easy. Right, Spiders right. are easy. Um, I feel like I've used it on... Those are the two main ones. Any, like, big flying bug that stops, mm-hmm. if you can just slowly creep toward it you can you can trap it but yeah it's what it's indispensable it is um my husband really wanted me to say this it's called the carson bug view because you can um look at some really weird wild stuff in it (laughs) and i have fulfilled my contractual obligation to say that (laughs) he invented it (laughs) has there been uh, any particular bug that's been interesting under like really interesting under the magnifying glass um, no. Do you have a f- 
They've all sucked. I mean, the thing is, it's like the idea for kids is like you're supposed to take it out in your yard right, and like right. find some. But I mostly just do it for bugs I want to get rid of. Okay. Yeah. So are you s- someone who's scared of bugs when they're around the house, spiders, that sort of thing, or doesn't really bother you? It's more that like as someone with some minor hoarding tendencies, I know that I cannot accustom myself to their presence or soon mm-hmm. it'll be out of control. Right. You know right. what I mean? You've got to like, just take I have care to of just it sort now. of nip it in the bud. Otherwise, I'll I'll stop seeing them. Get cozy with the bugs yeah. and suddenly your house but is But we overrun. have a problem where like our house is just like not sealed. <laughs> in any place. The like front door is open. There's a few places in the house where you can sort of see the outside kind of through the wall and right. you shouldn't be able to. And <laughs> so we have a bug problem. And so it's it's just like we're constantly, you know. You're living in a garden <laughs> <shed>. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I'm not particularly scared of bugs. Uh, Jim, my boyfriend, is terrified of almost all of them. So I have to take care of the situation all the time. Okay. This is going to be perfect for me. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, I'm not afraid of bugs. I find them a little gross and intrusive. I think my husband gets like angrier at them being in the house. Mm -hmm. Like he has like a salt gun that he'll shoot them with. (laughs) And just like, he gets like, I think a little bit more frustrated than I do. But, um... I think I'm also just grosser than he is in general. (laughs) (laughs) When I see a bug in the house, I feel like it's like a failure on my part. I'm like, oh, I've I've allowed my house to become dirty. I'm like, now I'm a slob. That's (laughs) that's the immediate feeling I have. Anytime I see a bug, I'm like, oh, now I've really let things... There's a part of me where I'm like, I have to get rid of it before he sees that there's a bug in here (laughs) because then he'll know I'm gross. (laughs) What's your stance on killing a bug? Um, I've done it quite a bit. <laughs> the thing I do like about the Carson bug view is it gives you another alternative. Mm-hmm. Y- you're more able humane. to to easily get them out of the house without killing them. I I do wonder sometimes, like, why I feel comfortable killing bugs. Right. Like I shouldn't. But then I'm also I'm like their brains are like that big. How much? How much true like you know spirit and intelligence am I really snuffing out? Not that much. And also as a gardener, I kill so many. You're bugs. a huge gardener. They're the enemy. Right. They're yeah. after all of your plants. They are. And the other day I was in. I I don't have a garden right now because we're doing construction and we're like we're building something where my garden was and it's the whole thing. But so I started um, volunteering at a community garden and. The other day we were getting ready to like plant in one of their beds and we just like, it had just been sitting there for, I didn't know how long. It was very dry. And so we just like started spraying it with water to get ready to plant there and just millions of ants, all of them carrying eggs came pouring out of the ground, just like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? Just like panicking and like running around where it was just like the whole thing was covered and I just got the bottle of neem oil and I just sprayed until they were all dead. And I was like, this is the most I've ever killed in one day. Right. Of of any day of my life. You're you're the destroyer. <laughs> yes. You're truly. Like, <laughs> I'm a, a dark and evil god. Yes, um, really. But with ants, I fully support. There's so many of them. And they're just so bad. <laughs> I 
feel like once a week there's a news story that's like, did you know that if you put all of the ants in the world in a pile, they'd be heavier than the moon? Oh, <laughs> I don't want to know like, that. <laughs> stop telling me uh, how many also, ants there are. <laughs> Who's, who's doing this sort, this sort of research? We don't need to know how heavy some all of our of, ants are. Some kind of pervert is just <laughs> out there counting ants and being like, mm. hmm, there's more. <laughs> wow, I'm so excited to use this. What a device. And then there's another gift yeah, as let well me, okay. that I realized is sort of the opposite of the Carson it's full of view. bugs. It's a jar full of disgusting <laughs> it's bugs. It's a jar full of bugs just to get you started. You know how when people give you like an electronic and then the batteries <laughs> that go with it? Here's your, DV- your DVD player and a copy of Avatar. This is... Um, what I think is... we might have spoken about this. Oh. This is a narrow, a California native narrow leaf milkweed oh that my I God. grew from seed, the purpose of which is to attract more bugs into your life. <laughs> because <laughs> Does this it attract is, a lot of bugs? This is the only um, food that uh, monarch butterflies eat. Oh, uh, you caterpillars eat. So... I got really into monarch butterflies this year um, because, again, I couldn't garden. So I was like, what I'll do is I'll prepare for when I can garden again and I'll start. I knew I wanted to plant some milkweed because they're endangered. Mm -hmm. And um, apparently there's this whole thing where like there's tropical milkweed and then there's native milkweed. And tropical milkweed is the most common and you're not supposed to plant it because it confuses them about where they're supposed to be. Oh, right. Because they they don't know where to migrate. Yeah. But because it um, like is sort of perennial, it confuses them. Right. So you're only supposed to do like climate appropriate. And so this is a climate appropriate milkweed plant and it will attract monarch butterflies. Oh, I'm If you thrilled. put it in the ground now, okay. Next late spring, right. you'll 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 have caterpillars. And where, like, is this something I should put in my like vegetable garden bed, or is it like ground cover? What sort of? I think it's like you should consider it shrubbery. Okay, consider it shrubbery. How and is milkweed the one bigger. that itches when you get the milk on you? No, I think that's um fire sticks. Okay. you know those ones that yeah. But I mean, milkweed does, it is called milkweed because when you like snap it, it's has a little milky. gross slime inside. Yeah, it. it's, got, it's got white, it's got milk in there for some reason. Right. Well, it's We're for like those butterflies. Two months, two months away from that being an option at coffee shops. <laughs> 100%. We should get in on that now. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so this is a very small plant, but if you put it in the ground, it will be big enough for caterpillars by next year. And how, how much care do I need to put into this thing? So I would say, Google it. (laughs) (laughs) I think water it every other day. Okay. okay. Maybe even less because it's been raining and it's been cool. But, um, and did you, uh, plant it from seed? I grew this from seed. Yes. Grew it from seed. Yes. Yes. So I bought, I bought some seeds and I I started a bunch because my goal was to have a bunch that I could give out to my neighbors to have them plant them so that we could make a little highway in the neighborhood. That's beautiful. Yeah. But I I reared like four monarchs from like caterpillar to butterfly this year. It was really exciting. And then sent them off into the world. And sent them off into the world. I wonder where they are now. I mean, probably dead. They're almost (laughs) certainly dead at this point. Yeah, which is, you know, you just have to accept. It's one of the lessons of, of the milk. I mean, the other thing too is that like, there's a lot of mixed information about how you're supposed to like interact with them because like you're not supposed to rear them inside because then they don't know how to like deal with the weather. These butterflies, <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, like, toughen up. 
And there's a lot of warnings online that are like, do not rear butterflies because then they'll get sick. They'll be crowded together. And a lot of those warnings are aimed at the people who are like doing hundreds of them at, right. the, at a time. Have a problem. And so I immediately, like I had... I had gotten an enclosure, which is basically just like a mesh hamper okay. that you put the milkweed inside of, and then they build their chrysalis in there, and you get to watch the whole thing happen, and it's it's amazing. But then I saw something online that was like, you are not supposed to rear them. And I was like, okay, I'll let nature take its course. And at that point, I had new eggs that had been laid on my milkweed plants, and I had like 17 caterpillars, and I was like, I am going to let nature take its course. I am not going to interfere. I'm not going to use the enclosure again. At that point, I had reared like three up until like emergence. And so I was like, I've, it's okay. It's fine. And then one day I saw a wasp buzzing around the plants and I, two hours later I went out there and it had eaten all but one of them. Oh, like no. wasps that is so dark. carve your caterpillars up and then take their like gooey They're remains so away. They're so evil. And I, then I panicked and I went full Finding Nemo. Like, because you know, in the beginning of that movie, it's like there's like hundreds of eggs and then a, oh, like a yes, swordfish yes. comes and eats all but one of them and that's Nemo. And so I took the last caterpillar and I put it back in the enclosure and I was like, you will not die. <laughs> you will not die on my watch. Um, but you will probably need more than this one plant because once they arrive, they eat. The they shit go out crazy. Of them. Yeah, they turn into a sizzler. The very hungry caterpillar <laughs> is a is it's a documentary. A documentary. Yeah. It's absolutely a documentary. <laughs> um, I mean, speaking of wasps, what's do you have any idea what the purpose of a like of a in wasp nature? Is? What what is a wasp adding to any of our lives? I think they pollinate. They do pollinate. They I better think, pollinate. Yeah, and they kill bugs. <laughs> 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 I don't know what the per. It's like. It does seem like there are some superfluous bugs that we should be able to get right. rid of, right? And like adding nothing to any of our yeah. lives and just being nuisances. But I have to believe that like birds eat them. They're eating, but birds aren't eating a wasp. They might be. Tough, it's that's a tough it seems bird. like a tough one. It's like those are the birds that are like, how spicy do you want it? Um, <laughs> like a nine? They're the most <laughs> like, annoying person yeah. at dinner. <laughs> and is a wasp different from a hornet? I know you're well, not a bug expert, but I'd like to see if somebody knows. I really have given you every reason to think that I am. I'm going on and on about the Carson bug view as if I am the I know manufacturer. You can... Has anyone tried to sell you so hard on the gift that they brought you? Um, no, but... But, but this, most, I mean, most the sale gifts, wasn't required. Can, most other gifts, you can tell why they're going to be useful to you uh, but, without the explanation. But see, that's actually not true. This one, I was like, oh, I love this. What a fun novelty at the very least. Right. You didn't have to sell it. You could have, you could have been like, just like dropped yeah. that on my lap and been like, you know what this is. <laughs> but, it's the Carson bug view. <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's called the bug view and, and then in small letters, it says bug catcher. It's like, I'm the only person who's really, I'm like, I'm not looking at the bugs very much at all. <laughs> I'm going to be looking at every single bug. Yeah. It's a little TV for me. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not a bug expert. I don't know the difference between a hornet and a wasp. Annalise, have you done any research here? Yeah, so it says that hornets are larger while wasps are brighter. Uh, wasps have black and yellow rings while hornets have black and white rings. Okay, okay so I'm, a, I'm more of a wasp person. There's more color there. They're smaller. They're smaller, yeah. I I have to be anti-wasp because of the personal tragedy that I... <laughs> right, of course. You've seen... I've seen... Death at yeah. the hands of a <clears throat> They've wasp. come for my loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> what an evil creature. There, yeah. there is evil in the world. 
Yeah, and just, they're wasps. And they are wasps. I do feel like at the time that that was happening, someone reached out to be like, but it's a good thing to have wasps because, and then they said a reason and I've forgotten it. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> There's yeah, no excuse. I mean, it clearly is not important, an important enough reason for me to remember it. <laughs> wow, well, I'm so thrilled. I'm going to become, this is really uh, I, Bridger's I, bug day. <laughs> I really hope that I, I the one thing about the milkweed that I'll say that might freak you out is I do think that it dies back a bit in winter. Okay. And you're gonna be like, it's dead. No, of course. It's not dead. You just need to cut some of the dead leaves off okay. and then it'll come back. But oh. that's why it's the correct milkweed for us to have because it doesn't confuse the butterflies. Right. You need milkweed that dies back in winter if you're in this part of California. Otherwise, you're a troublemaker. Otherwise, you are luring them to their death. You're contributing to the problem. Yes. It's very hard for me to, because people know that I like monarch butterflies now and they'll be like, check it out. And I'll be like, that's the wrong kind of milkweed. And I just <laughs> rain on their parade. I've become the the sort of like crazy lady in the neighborhood too, where I like, one time I saw a bunch of caterpillars on this tropical milkweed in my neighbor's yard when I was walking my dog and she came out of her house and I just started lecturing her. For <laughs> about, she just, she's like, I'm a renter. I don't care what you're Please talking about. Please leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> just let me go about my day. Yes. But it's one of those things where once you know about the difference... You're going to start seeing tropical milkweed everywhere. Your, like, expertise in gardening, how long has, like, when did you get into all of this? So I'm an amateur. Like, but, I mean, but, like, by any stretch, like, uh, but compared, compared to, to a normal layman, person? Yes. I started gardening, like, I think probably a, a little bit before the pandemic because we bought this house in, like, 2018 and then we got a dog right away and I was like, oh, great, this house has a yard. My dog's going to love it. And we got a couch potato dog and he just, we would take him outside and he'd be like, what are we doing out here? The couch is inside. <laughs> he doesn't play fetch. He doesn't care. Uh, he would just roll over for a belly rub and then go back inside. And I was like, okay, well, now I have this land. What do I do with it? Grass seems stupid. Um, my brother's a really good gardener and so he got me started with some, oh, some plants. And so you had someone in your life that yes. was a support system. He is an excellent gardener. He could answer a lot of my questions, but also I just went on YouTube a lot. Like right. a lot of gardening is just like killing plants and then looking up why they died. <laughs> That's a big part of it. And I've killed like, aside from the ants that I've killed, I killed like a hundred seedlings in one day. Like plants I had started <laughs> from day. seed, I killed them all in one day. And I it was devastating. But every time I like look something up, like I've looked up, questions online. And one time I found on Reddit, on like some gardening Reddit, someone was like asking the same question. They were like, I'm a very new gardener. I've only been doing it for about five years. And I was like, oh, <laughs> oh this is going to take forever to be good at this. But especially during the pandemic, I was like, oh, our food system is collapsing. I need to know how to grow stuff. Right. You're and... going to be the one person that you're going to be the queen of LA when <laughs> everything falls apart. Yeah. Everyone is going to need, I mean, and it's like, I grow such a small amount of, I, I always think about, it, I'm like, I could not live on the food I grow and that bothers me. Right. Like it's not enough. But it's like a novelty. One thing that is really cool about it that I've started to lean into more is that like, I think the real draw of being able to garden is that there are so many varieties of like fruits and vegetables that they do not sell in the grocery store. Mm -hmm. 
because no one knows what they are and no one wants them. And not just like, oh, from other countries. It's just like varieties of peppers because the way the genetics work for peppers and tomatoes and stuff is like, it's very easy to crossbreed them and to make a new one. Like you can make a new generation of like a new kind of pepper like every day or something. And so there's just all these really weird peppers and tomatoes you can grow yourself if you know how to, but you cannot get in stores. Right. And that's what I think is, in, like, you can just, like, grow a bunch of stuff that you wouldn't be able to ever eat otherwise. Yeah, my brother sent me two packets of seeds that are, like, crazy hybrids. Like, one is, like, purple uh, snow peas or something. Ooh, the other yeah. is, a like, a habanero pe- pepper that's not spicy. Well, what's the point of that? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I, I've yet to. I've yet to uh, grow them. I haven't grown the peppers yet, but I'm very curious. What is the point? Maybe it's got yeah. a good flavor. I mean, I grew some Peruvian habaneros. That's what they were called on the packet. And what's the and gimmick there? They're very spicy, but they're small and they're white and they're like kind of smoky in oh. their flavor. The flavor of them was so good. It's like my favorite pepper I've ever grown. And but then also like. My next door neighbors, the ones who I have been texting in Spanish. Harassing. Let's just say are, it. They are from Peru. And so, like, I was like, do you know these? <laughs> and they didn't. But These they, people do not like you. <laughs> but they did know. Well, they asked for a garden tour. And I, like, showed them around. And I all, but I was also growing these things called ground cherries. Oh, do you know what those are? No, I've They're never like heard of this. They're, like, kind of related to tomatillos. They grow in, like, a husk. Okay. And when she saw those, and they're, like, kind of, like, a little sweet and a little sour. And when she saw those, she was like, oh, these used to grow wild in Peru. And whenever we were like walking through the hills, we used to pick them and eat them. Wow. And so that was a oh, really cool a fun thing where it like, was like, peak of oh home my God, for this yeah. I was like, that made me so excited. And those things are really fun to eat. I don't know. Ground cherries. Is that technically, is it a fruit? Yes. That I, sounds like something I would love to eat. I think you would. That description yeah, they're sounds like, wonderful. They they grow in these sort of like low branching plants and then they grow in these little like sort of lantern-like husks. And then when the husks are brown, the fruit inside is like a little orange ball. Oh. And it's just, it's a very interesting flavor. It's like halfway between fruit and vegetable. Oh, this sounds like a great yeah. snack. Yeah, they're really Brown fun. Cherry. And there's just like so many, I mean, yeah. Oh God, I miss gardening so much. <laughs> I haven't done it in so long. What a shame. Yeah. Well, anyway. you'll get back to it. I will. Well, I think we should play a game. Yes, let's do it. Um, let's play a game called Gift or a Curse. I need a number between... Why am I struggling to remember numbers? <laughs> I want to say a number blue between square and, and f. Um, no, between one and ten. Five. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do some light calculating. Okay. In the meantime, you can promote, recommend, do whatever you want. I'll be I'm right going to explain the reasoning for me picking the number five so quickly and without thinking, which is that. My name is Emily. There's five letters in the name Emily. It starts with the letter E, which is the fifth letter of the alphabet. And I was born on the fifth in a year ending in five. And so I've always felt like that was my lucky number. Despite the fact that there is currently a fire truck declaring that nothing happening right now is lucky and everything is bad. I just want to promote the number five. I also have a podcast called Baby Geniuses if you want to listen to it. It's such a good podcast. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, I mean, what's going on right now? <laughs> In your neighborhood? In the neighborhood. I don't We've know. We've heard every I mean, type of siren. We, it does sound like a fire truck. 
And there was an arson in my front yard recently. In your front yard? Yes. What happened? We have a storage cube right now because we like, like I said, we're doing construction and we got rid of our garage and we put everything that was in the garage in one of those, like it's a storage cube, you know, like in our front yard. It's just like a wooden box with a cover on it. And someone set it on fire the other night. Did all the stuff get burned? No. Well, luckily, my next-door neighbor, who I have a very good relationship with, was coming home from a night out, um, the daughter, and she knocked on the door at 3 a.m., and it woke our dog up, and our dog woke us up, and we came out, and I put the fire out with a fire extinguisher. Oh, my God. And it was the coolest I've ever felt. Of course, and the coolest you ever will feel. Yeah. (laughs) It's so fun to use a fire extinguisher to put a fire out. I... I can't say I recommend it because I don't want you to be in that situation. But like, if you're ever, if like the fire extinguisher factory is like, we need someone to test these out on real fires, <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it was so really fun. The fire didn't get But the too fire out of did not, it it just burned the out, like the plastic tarp outside of okay. the, outside of the cube. And then the out, the cube itself got a little bit charred, but everything inside was fine. Somebody just passed by that hated storage. I guess, well, our our other neighbor had her trash can burned down to the Uh, ground at the exact same time. Whoa. It was like 3 a.m. on a Saturday night, so it was definitely arson. Um, Wow. But uh, it's like, what do I do about that? I mean, it's like, it's not like they were trying to steal anything. It was just like a totally senseless crime. They were just trying to destroy everything. (laughs) (laughs) Arson is a, I feel like arson is one thing that a lot of people get away with. I feel like I've read that somewhere. Really? Let's just believe that's true. <laughs> what, I'm, like, what I'm trying to tell the listener Batman is go ahead and burn blog. something down. You won't get caught. Is a neighbor bothering you? Burn their house down. Um, okay, this is how we play gift or a curse. I'm going to name three things. You're going to tell me if they're a gift or a curse and why. Okay. I'll tell you if you're right or wrong because there are correct answers. Okay, number one. Uh, This is from a listener named Lydia. Lydia wrote in and suggested, gift or a curse, phone numbers with words. For example, 1-800-USA-RAIL. I don't know if that's a real phone number. I I have to imagine that's Amtrak. Uh, Probably. I was on Amtrak recently. Did you notice any stickers with their phone number on it? Nope. They weren't begging me to call. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember that that aspect of it. They were like, got complaints? Too bad. This ain't Europe. We're your only choice. (laughs) This is basically a bus. I am going to say um, gift. Why? Because no one remembers anyone's phone numbers. If you're ever in a situation where you need to give someone your phone number, like I think as long as it's not something that people will sort of like want to type in anyway, Mm -hmm. if it's just like, (laughs) I was just going to say dog fart and I'm like, someone would type that in. (laughs) But if your number is dog fart, then you can just say like, just call me. I'm like, you know. 323 dog fart. 323 dog fart. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's like, it's only, I, I don't see, I don't, can't see how it's a curse unless you're getting a lot of calls that you don't want, but we're all getting those calls anyway. You're 100% right. Of course, <laughs> how could that be anything but a gift? It's a fun little novelty. Have you ever had your number spell out anything? I've never had mine. I My uh, childhood friend, James, his phone number ended with mint, which I always oh, loved. Oh, that's That's good. a nice one to have. I had, um, when I got my own phone number, it was... Um, it ended in the letters DHC because I was really into the dance hall crashers. <laughs> and you got to pick that? I got to pick that. But then I also realized that the first four numbers also spelled out Jack. And DHC is also the same letters as DIC. So my phone number oh, was boy. Jack Dick. 
<laughs> Poor choice. Poor choice on your part. Yeah. I, uh, I actually haven't looked to see if my current phone number spells anything. I know. I'm going through but my number in my mind. But it has a zero in it. And so, or it has a one in it, so it doesn't. It can't. Yeah. And I feel like mine doesn't have any vowels. Right. But I could be wrong. Uh, I hope I I probably just gave away my phone number to some phone <laughs> phone number genius. Um, another thing with phone numbers I've re- I've noticed recently is my last two optometrists uh, end with twenty twenty, which is like oh, uh, very cute, but yeah, but uh, they all have it, right? And w- the whole point is I don't have twenty twenty vision, <laughs> right? So I certainly this is don't. False advertising, like, if anything. <laughs> Ten. Well, I don't even know what my my vision is horrible, uh, but I love a novelty with a phone number. I do too. We can all take a little... That's a gift. Yeah. Next up, a listener named Jordan has written in, gift or a curse, fast food drive throughs where the employees come outside to deliver the food to your car instead of passing it through a window. Gift or a curse? That to me seems like a gift. Why? Because the number of times that I've pulled up to a drive through window and then had to back up and pull up again because I wasn't close enough to reach <laughs> because I'm just not good at eyeballing where my car is supposed to be. It's humiliating. <laughs> Emily, wrong. <laughs> Curse. This And this is why I, I get what you're saying there, but if they're on roller skates, 100%. I'm, I love it. I'm thrilled. But that, I think that's happened to me one time. The rest of the time, it just, it makes me so nervous. People walking up to my it's car. It's surprising. You're sitting there, a you sitting duck. You have to be duck. very ready. Yes. Uh, and sure, if they're, they skate up on a pair of rollerblades, I'm all for a thrill. <laughs> I'm all for that novelty. Uh, but to have somebody, it makes me feel bad that they had to come from the store. It's also like, usually it's dark when I'm at a drive-through it's like I'm I'm putting I'm a sitting duck I'm a target and yeah. I don't like the nervous feeling it gives me it's a curse yeah I I I think that's fair just pass it through the window let's make the yeah, let's keep this Yeah I mean this. look if if I could just change it so that the windows were easier to reach that's what I would do <laughs> The problem is with uh when you need more options with windows on your car. Yeah, I think that's the Your issue. car just needs a ton more windows that you can Or it's just like with. the windows there need to be closer to where my car window is like on the level because they then are. I don't have to be as close in right. order for them to reach because the problem is we're going diagonal. Yeah, those windows, the uh, restaurants need to lower them a little bit. They need to lower them. Get I want them to be down Get on, on my, my level. level. Yeah. We're all at a Which bad place right now. Which means that they need to be a little bit, those restaurants need to be sunken into the ground slightly. <laughs> or the employees should be on their knees, <laughs> kind of shuffling around on their knees. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> or the food should be on like a little chute. Like oh, a, a little, little slide. slide. I would love. Oh, like a trash chute in New York. <laughs> to just have drinks and food sliding into yeah. your car. Food <laughs> just everywhere. milkshake, just... <laughs> I don't see any problem with any of our ideas. Uh, okay, so you've gotten one out of two so far. Well, I don't know how to, what to say about that. but It's an F. So yeah, far, it's so an far F. So far, you're a real <laughs> F. Uh, this final one is from somebody, uh, Carla. Uh, Gift or a curse, the introduction chapter in a book. Oh. I think it depends on if it's written by the author or written by a different person. Mm-hmm. Because... Mm, and even then, I don't know if that changes the answer in the affirmative or the negative. <laughs> I'm going to say curse. Just get into it. If it's interesting, I'll like it. 
you're absolutely speaking my language here. <laughs> Get out of the way. I don't need anything. Put it at the back of the book. I don't need you coloring what my thoughts on what the book is going to be. Also, I've already committed to reading. I don't need more reading that has yeah. nothing to do with the thing I wanted to read. I'm perfectly capable of reading it, deciding I'm lost without an introduction, and then just stopping. <laughs> I don't need your help. Is the introduction really going to help that much? Like, I think it only really makes sense if, like, the author died while writing the book and they're like, look, I'll tell you when in the book he died. (laughs) And, like, (laughs) that's why certain things are messed up in this book. (laughs) That's why this shouldn't have been published. Well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Don't publish books that are half-written. That's messed up. No, no, no. Those should, should be free online. Or they should be finished by another person. Oh. Like, another, like a trusted person should come in and finish the book. Absolutely not. <laughs> there's no there's no way that could work. I mean, it works on all your favorite TV shows. It is weird Everyone that way. loves when they get a new showrunner. That's with, never led to any terrible seasons of television. <laughs> <laughs> but it is odd with like TV or movies. If I see that two people wrote it or whatever, I'm like, fine. But if I see a book was written by two people, I'm like, that's garbage. There's no <laughs> way that's good. Even though writing a book is so much harder than right. writing TV. Writing TV is so easy. <laughs> Books should be written by armies of people. Uh, yeah, they're it, so long. It's very backwards. But they do have like a little bit of a cheat where it's like they can just say what the characters are thinking. Very and you don't true. have to like, you don't, you don't have, have to, to show it. anything. Yeah. You don't have to be artful about that. It's just like, oh, you're just telling me? Fine. <laughs> Very fancy of you. Authors are uh, frauds. Yeah, uh, and they should die and have other people take over their books. Yes. <laughs> Every author should be dead and their, their new author should spring up to finish their work. Uh, well, you got two out of three. That's pretty good. That's a, about a D. That's a, a solid D. Yeah, D plus, D plus. maybe? I don't know. I, I should know at this point. I've given a lot of Ds on this <laughs> podcast. I, uh, but it's not a failing grade, which we love. Great. Uh, excellent job. And you've finished so strong. Thank um, you so much. This is the final segment of the podcast. It's called I Said No Emails. People write into I Said No Gifts at gmail.com. And uh, they have problems. We all have problems. My listeners have the worst problems, and it's frankly very annoying that they ask for my help, but we're going to do it. And I, I'm not even going to ask if you're going to help me. I, I've just assumed you're on board. I'm really on board. Okay. I love telling people what to do, um, okay. especially when they can't tell me that they're not going to do it <laughs> right. right away. You I like to... assuming that they will follow my word to the letter. You've improved their <laughs> life, and you don't have to think about it again. Yeah. Uh, This is Hello Bridger and Likely Esteemed Guest. So a great guest on this person's part. If this makes it to you, well, it's not a letter in a bottle, sweetie. (laughs) Uh, If this makes it to you, I hope you are both enjoying yourself on some level. Oh, that's very nice. Okay. At work, I have just finished project managing the publication of my boss's first book. Oh, What a strange turn this is. This was not planned. Oh, my gosh. Uh, The book's proceeds benefit the nonprofit we work for. Uh, NAMI, NAMI, N-A-M-I. Oh. What is that? I know what that is. National. Can't can't think of it now. Association. What is it? Annalise, get into it. We'll keep reading here. Uh, but he wants to get both me and our research assistant a project and gift. My colleague has asked that he pay for her next tattoo as her gift. That's a big ask. Yeah. So the world seems to be my oyster as far as asks go. However... I have no clue what I want or what uh, what's appropriate for this sort of gift. I am 26 and love traveling, the outdoors, pop culture, and my job and currently live in D.C. 
Any insights are welcome, as I have never had an open gift offer like this before. With gratitude, Jordan. And this is a different Jordan. There was a lot of things uh, wow. coming so the, together in this podcast. The question is, what do I want? That's yeah. what they're asking. Yes, what do I... And it seems like the world is her... It is her oyster. And Annalise's... The main NAMI that I found was the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Oh, okay, beautiful. good. I'm glad that it wasn't like the National Alliance of... Of MAGA. M- monster. Yes. <laughs> Ice picks? I don't know. <laughs> I would not be supportive of <laughs> we that. We would shut down Jordan's thing right now, but Jordan's yeah. doing great work and uh, deserves a gift. So my first thought, and I think this is dependent on how Jordan feels about her coworker, which is like, <laughs> get ask your boss for enough money to bribe the tattoo artist to do a different tattoo than what her coworker <laughs> asked for and not tell the coworker about it. So the coworker ends up with something they did not ask. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then it just cancels out. No no one gets anything. <laughs> <laughs> the organization falls apart. <laughs> right, yeah. Morale hits an all-time low. <laughs> That's a perfect gift. Just but sabotage it really someone depends else's on gift. what your goal is. <laughs> it sounds like your goal is to get something you want, which that doesn't really work for. <laughs> uh, but uh, she does love traveling. Okay. The outdoors, pop culture. Uh, lives in D.C. I was just in D.C. Odd. It's always an odd city to be in. Why? Because you're just like, Watergate happened here. I stayed at Watergate. Well, okay, that you brought on yourself. (laughs) I will say about the Watergate, they've tried to like hip it up. And every, like all of their uh, marketing and branding is like, they clearly have one joke, which is like, you'll have to break in. So it's like the key card is like, you don't have to break in. And then like the mini bar is like, you don't have to break into the snacks. (laughs) If we only had one idea, maybe we shouldn't have done this. Yeah, I also just feel like it's, there's more... they did more than just break in. That right. wasn't the only thing that they did wrong. Right. <laughs> there was more to that whole incident. There are a lot of things you can pull from to make your hotel yeah, brand cute. Yeah, it's like talk about the flashlights, talk about the committee to reelect right. the president, talk about like the files, talk about talk about anything other than just the break in. Stop calling attention to your security failures. <laughs> uh, also, speaking of Watergate, I I'm oh, and Jordan, forgive me. I just want to go on a little thing here. I was at Goodwill recently and found a book by Richard Nixon. And it was funny to see the first page was like, also by Richard Nixon. And just to see that, (laughs) our favorite author. Like, if you enjoy this, great news. This is not the only thing he's written. (laughs) Uh, Maybe, Jordan, maybe you get the uh, whole collection of Richard Nixon books. That's a gift I for. Okay, I do have an idea for a good gift Let's to ask it. for. And this is something that I don't think Jordan would buy for herself, okay. but that would benefit her life, which is to get a really nice, high-quality suitcase. Oh, my God, yes. Because you're 26 years old, guarantee the suitcase you're using has maybe two years left yes. on it, max. It will be trash soon. Right. But if you get a nice one, then you'll use it for and a long time. How much does a tattoo cost? A lot of money. It depends Hundreds how of big dollars. it is. Yeah. I think probably at least 300 right? Right. So you could get a decent, at least, carry-on. Yeah. Get or a like good, a good backpack or something. And you know what? Get a carry-on because then you can use it for, for either. You right. know, I'm yeah. mostly a carry-on person at this point anyway. Uh, you know I what I, lo- I love doing is carrying on but then when they're like we've oversold does anyone want to check their bag at the gate 
You Check like it there. that? I love I just, that. That makes me then so you're, nervous. You're not paying for it. Right. It's definitely safer than anything else because the plane's already there. They're taking it onto right. the plane. It's like it's more guaranteed to get on the plane than when you check it of down at the desk. Right. And especially if you have a if you have a layover anywhere, it's like, oh, I hate <laughs> like j- take it all the way there for me. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to lug this thing or, like for a mile at O'Hare. But then you're at the carousel. So what? I hate being at the but carousel. But it's the last one on the plane, so it's the first one off. Oh, inter- that's true. That's very so true. You're I've waiting never thought at the about carousel that. for our last. I don't quote me on that. Oh, well, I mean, it makes logical sense. I mean, yeah. If it, I were packing a plane, that's how I do it. It depends on where you're going, but I personally think unless you're like going somewhere right after you get off a plane, that part of your, your trip always takes longer than you think it's going to mm-hmm. anyway. So it's like, it's another 20 minutes. Oh, I, I don't like to hear this. That makes me, the last two <laughs> flights on, they were threatening. They were like, we have to do this. And we only have, I was like, please don't let this be me. I can't, um, I can't have one other thing I have to think about. But you're, uh, you're. I think, I think it's worth it. It dep- It really depends on what's in your carry on, mm-hmm. and it really, like, if you need any of it during the flight. Obviously, that's right. a pain in the ass. But like, just to not carry it is so great. To not right. have to wheel it around, to not have to deal with it. You make a decent argument, but you're not going to convince me. <laughs> but I do think you have an excellent point for Jordan. Get a good piece of luggage that's not going to fall apart. Yeah, it'll last you. A very long time. It will be a, such a big part of your life. Yes, that's a perfect, truly a perfect idea. <laughs> uh, a rare thing in this segment of the podcast. Jordan, you have your answer. Don't come calling again. Uh, <laughs> enjoy your gift and uh, thank you for your work. That's very sweet. Emily, you've brought me some beautiful gifts. Beautiful bug gifts. I'm going to have butterflies probably in the spring. Yeah. I'm going to be the king of the monarchs. Yeah. The king of there kings, king as of they kings. say. <laughs> kind of what I'm known as already. Uh, <laughs> I'm so excited. And I'm going to be able to capture all sorts of bugs and learn. I can't wait for you to get going with this thing. I'm thrilled about it. <laughs> you are going to say out loud to yourself alone, how did I live without this? <laughs> as I'm reheating soup and collecting bugs around my house. Yeah. My life has taken this kind of a turn that bums everyone out. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you so much so for much having fun. me. It's been, a, it's been a gift. And uh, listener, you know what I'm about to do. I'm going to have my soup. <laughs> <laughs> Every second of this has been torture for you. <laughs> my mind Soup-le- has been elsewhere. Soupless torture. <laughs> I've had my eye on the soup this entire time. I've barely been able to hear Emily. Uh, listener, I hope you have a, you know, a soup or a metaphorical soup you're looking forward to in your life uh, because the podcast is over and you've got to find another way to take care of yourself until next week. I love you. Goodbye. I Said No Gifts is an Exactly Right production. It's produced by our dear friend Annalise Nelson, and it's beautifully mixed by John Bradley. And we couldn't do it without our guest booker, Patrick Kotner. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the gifts? I invited you here 
myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I really don't care. Just don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. It's the least you can do. It really is. It's the bare minimum. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Said No Gifts merch. What a wonderful way to support the show. Support the show.